You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. You may not have heard the name Wang Min Chang, but he helped change our world. In early 1966, Star Trek producer Robert Justman brought in Wa Chang to redesign and construct what would become one of sci-fi's most recognizable props. I'm Norman Lau, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for August 2nd. And today, we remember Wa Chang. Born today on Oahu in 1917, he came to the attention of another well-regarded artist, Blanding Sloan. It was Sloan and his wife who took Wa into their home when his mother died and who continued to nurture his artistic gifts. By his 21st birthday, Wa was already the youngest artist employed by Walt Disney Studios' effects and model department. In 1964, Wa Chang was already working on a new enterprise called Star Trek. When the second pilot was ordered, Bob Justman, who had brought Wa into Star Trek for the cage, asked his friend to rework the phasers, which had been delivered to production, but didn't pass the demanding producer's inspection. Wa went above and beyond that brief, providing durable, dependable, stylish, and most importantly, believably functional defensive weapons to the show. He went on to design the rest of the Exploration set with Mr. Spock's tricorder and historically TOS's communicator. The communicator was the primary inspiration cited by Martin Cooper, inventor of the first hand-sized cellular phone. Wa Chang didn't stop there. So, why is it that his name never once appears in the credits? More on this after the break. Wa Chang, directly responsible for some of the most iconic props in sci-fi history, simultaneously inspiring the device 90% of you are using to listen to this podcast, never got his name in the credits of Star Trek itself. At the time, Wa was working directly with a company called Project Unlimited Incorporated, which he had founded with Gene Warren in 1956. Props for film and TV back then came almost exclusively from prop makers who were members of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, Moving Picture Technicians, Artists and Allied Crafts of the United States, Its Territories, and Canada, or IATSE for short. That's the trade union that governs prop makers and their interactions with studio productions. Hua Chang and his Project Unlimited partners were not part of this union, and so his work on Star Trek was something of a problem. A simple solution, suggested by Desilu's labor relations director Ernest Scanlon, could have resolved the whole matter. Hua would join the union and then become an official Desilu employee. But there was one significant issue with that plan. The union at that time refused to admit Hua Chang into its ranks. It's a bit nebulous why. Bob Justman suggested that the union simply didn't want Chang taking away any work from their current members. That doesn't quite ring true, but we'll likely never know the whole story. Just about anyone who would have known the precise reason is long gone. What we do know is that racism in labor relations was regrettably ubiquitous in the early and mid-20th century. As a Chinese-American in that era, Hua certainly had to put up with regular challenges like this to his dignity. He even had to travel to Texas to marry his wife, Glenella, as their interracial marriage was illegal in California at that point in history. As for his participation in Star Trek, a workaround was eventually hit upon. Justman suggested that Chang could design and construct props independently from the production itself. Then staffers from Star Trek could visit Hua's studio and just happened to randomly find just the thing they needed for the episode being developed and buy it outright. 
there was of course a rub, and it was twofold. One, it robbed Hua Chang of his rightful screen credit, and two, it was a hard secret to keep. The union learned of the practice and forced Desilute to stop paying him for his work, and it marked the end of Hua Chang's involvement with Star Trek. But when he was on the original series, what magic he made. His designs continued to thrill and inspire all these years later and on into the future. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for August 2nd. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.